Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first Friday with Smashed Popcorn, the show where we review movies for you and give you our in-depth thought about those films. And this week, we'll be reviewing Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. So, um, when we look at what this really was, here's a plot summary. Just for people that haven't seen it, um, I'll try not to be spoilery, but guys, it's been out for 20 years. If you haven't yeah. seen it, spoiler <laughs> right. Um, so here's the plot summary, guys. When bitten by a genetically modified spider, a nerdy, shy, and awkward high school student gains spider-like abilities that he eventually must use to fight evil as a superhero after tragedy befalls his family. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that wraps it up without talking about anything from the film. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, no, no, no spoilers there. No. Um, so let's let's hop right in. What are we? Uh, what are we? What are we loving about this right now? Yeah, just my general thoughts about this is I forgot how good it was. Um, yes. It's it's one of those movies that you kind of just put on the back burner. You don't watch for a while, um, and you come back to it, and you're like, "Wow, they really did the time and place of this movie." Early two thousands did a really good job making this movie, um, and no wonder it had Spider Man two, Spider Man three. Like there was a clear direction for this movie, a clear style for this movie, and they. It was a home run. Um, I think you, you are going to mention about just how much this did for superhero movies in general. Um, yeah. It really just kickstarted everything. And, you know, I think we might at some point watch the X-Men movies. But to me, this one, um, it just it really has a clear direction of what it is. It knows what it is. It doesn't take itself too seriously all the time. It still has, you know, that little bit of cheese that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it a lot of a lot of it really just ripped right from the comic books. Um, yeah, and um, Sam Raimi did a wonderful job with this movie. Um, you could definitely see his style taking place in this movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I want to use this as a foray because you you mentioned it. And I just want to make sure it gets hammered before we go further. Um. Guys, this was the first film that was successful that really dived into comic accurate stuff. Um, let's let's go back to the to the eighties uh, and nineties with the Batman films. Besides, like the sixties animated like TV shows for Spider Man, Batman, uh, the Fantastic Four movie, Captain America, like they were all going back even further to George Reeves' uh, um, rendition of Superman or something like that. Right, but that that's a whole different other kind of category. Like that was really exactly. well received. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so to to foray into the first like really comic accurate thing, they did Batman, and Batman just didn't just didn't cut it. Like even if I brought it up to you and I said Mister Freeze, if I said Bane, if I said Poison Ivy, if I said the Penguin, like the only good thing out of that was Jack Nicholson's Joker, and even then that was very over the top. Like. It wasn't popular to do superhero films. Then let's fast forward into Blade. Blade is a dark side of like superhero stuff. Like that's hard to get everybody, like kids and everything, into. Black leather, very serious kind of stuff. Then they did X Men, and when they did X Men, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe this. And like thinking back on it, I'm like, maybe this was would have been a good time to do comic accurate, but they didn't. They did black leather. They did the cool stuff in the 2000s with like the high tech, like, you know what I mean? So for mm-hmm. Sam Raimi to come in and say, let's go back to like the 60s era, like super comic accurate. That was not popular. They did not think that this as it did. Um, I, I know that they had sequel plans works, but no one expected the success of this movie. Um and it's it's interesting because this film technically now is the first MCU film. Sorry, spoiler. 
Uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's the first MCU film, and it's honestly what kickstarted them saying, oh, we could do, like, the MCU guys. We could do this, and people would like it. It started because of Spider-Man. I mean, look at the amazing Spider-Man. Like, that came from this, and them saying, oh, people loved that. Let's go back to that. Like, this, this design and the way they chose to, like you said, rip it straight out of the pages of the comic book. That's that's how this is. Um, and you're right. I forgot how much I love it until I sit down and watch it. I'm like, wow, this holds up really well for being a 20-year-old movie. Like, you can't say that about a lot of things. Lord of the Rings, yeah. sure. Star Wars, sure. Like, this could Especially be... Especially superhero. Um, you know? Yeah. Especially yeah, superhero. superhero. Yeah, definitely. It's hard. Um, like, you mentioned Superman with Christopher Reeve back then. Like, to me, that's still a classic, you know? But, like... I I wasn't Reeves, talking Christopher Reeves. I was talking George Reeves. Even oh, George Reeves. Okay. Um, but, like, even that one, like, you, you kind of, like, taken back from it. Um, Batman with Michael Keaton. Like, to me, I know that's iconic and always will be. But for me, it's just not one that I hearken back to. Like, I need to watch this. Or if it's on TV, I need to watch it. Like, um, this one, though, it just it, right, it holds up just very, very well. Um, and I think, like, if you played this movie in 2022, um, obviously some of the CGI issues, which we'll talk about, like, that kind of, you know, it, it's out of place a little bit, and you're kind of like, oh, that's not very good. But besides that, like, everything just works. Um, and you wouldn't be taken back if it came out in 2022. So, yeah. Yeah. No. When um, I think about this movie, I, for the purposes of this review, I am trying my hardest not to compare uh, this Spider-Man movie to like some of the other Spider-Man movies that have come out yeah. since then. Uh, Andrew Garfield's and Tom Holland's. Um, I'm trying to compare it just by its trying to look at it just by itself. And honestly, you can see why people saw the formula of this movie and decided to build off of that just take again like what brad said taking stuff just straight out of the comics and i think they did a very very good job of it um you know you it's like to, toby every, all of their casting choices were done so well and one thing i did want to say and i just remembered this i do believe some of the reason why spider-man saw so much success is because more than maybe Superman, more than Batman, more than like Blade or X-Men or something like that, who had either immense abilities far beyond those of normal mortal men or just very, very dark backstories. This was your typical high school kid who came across powers and then was taught a lesson in that with great power comes great responsibility. There, there is a relatability here, especially with kids of Peter Parker's age that allowed this movie to be, to be very, very popular because it took a character that most kids could relate to. It's like he's got real world high school problems. He's got, you know, he's trying to find real ways to dealing with it. And then all of a sudden he gets superpowers. So I think that was a major factor contributing to this movie's success. Yeah. Um, so I wrote a lot of my notes, like through the screenplay and like while I was watching. Um, so, so it's going to be a little difficult for me to just pick stuff out. Um, do we want to just go through, did you do the same Kyle or did you just take overall notes? Yeah, I kind of went just through the movie here. Um, uh, I would my, say, yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, my first comment was, I miss the old 2000s intros for like superhero films. You miss them? Because I was going to yes. say, I hate them. Oh, Thank no. God they don't do that anymore. It's so long. Like the music, though, like I love that because that music is so iconic and it gets you pumped and ready to watch Spider Man. Now, in Spider Man 2, which we'll review. I like that because it kind of gives like what happened in Spider-Man one in the, in the preview and the credits, yeah. the opening. So that's good. But this is literally just like webs and you're kind of like, all right, like, come on, like, let's, let's get it over with. Let me start the movie. 
Right, um, but okay, think think about it in the early 2000s. They weren't playing like 15 trailers before the movie. Right. This right, was right. more of a if you're a little late, you got some time. Yeah. Like I, I get it. I like seeing it. I guess I'm weird because I like seeing oh, who did the visual stuff on this? Like who yeah, like did they do something mm-hmm. somewhere else? Like stuff that we're probably gonna talk about in a bit, but like I like it, but I know Devin hates it. I know most people hate it, but I like those old like intros for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I do think it's a kind of a culture thing. Because now, 20 years later, we are a culture that cannot stand the concept of delayed gratification. We can't just sit and wait and get hyped about something sometimes. Um, and so now it's just a matter of, okay, the moment the screen goes black and the movie starts, we have to have something fed to us. We have to have some kind of exposition at least going on if you're going to well, give us the credits at the beginning. All so, right. And I think part of that doesn't help because when COVID started, they pushed everything off a year, six months, another six months. Let's push it off another year. Now, yeah, we're mad. I've been waiting for this one. I've been waiting for Morbius. They keep pushing Morbius back. They pushed King's mm-hmm. Man back like five times. I'm like, oh, like, and then by the time it comes out, I don't care. Because, yes, like, true. something else has taken my attention. And, like, oh, this movie's coming out, and they haven't delayed it eight times. I guess I'll go see that. Like, I get I get your point, mm-hmm. but also, like, it makes sense now that we're in this, like, time of, like, will you get to see that movie? Will it ever come out? Like, it's, mm-hmm. so I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking more, it's like, once you're sitting in the theater, it's like, okay, how long are you willing to just kind of wait through credits while just kind of looking at webs, whatever, and without something happening to keep your interest it's like okay they're at least telling the story or they're building the world or doing something like that so i do think there's some there's it's it's i do think it's a culture difference that we've seen develop in the past 20 years or so maybe um kyle i i had also written you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> the yeah, fact that you brought that line back, I'm sorry. This movie Spoiler. is so memeable. It is insane how many memes came out of this movie. I wrote that down. Um, yes. Very, very memeable movie and very, again, very, it's very iconic. A lot of moments are. So, mm-hmm. um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else do I have? Um, yeah, Danny Elfman is just uh, fantastic. Um, oh yes. Yes. The score all over is just wonderful. Um, like the Spider-Man theme, great. Even the MJ and, and Peter, while the dialogue is sort of sappy, and I'll talk about that probably, <laughs> um, the, the music there is just very, very good. Um, and he's, done a, he's done a lot of good stuff. I mean, he did, uh, he did the new Spider-Man theme in No Way Home. Um, he does quite a bit if you look at his history for soundtracks. Um, and he's always pretty darn good. I feel like he's probably one of the mo- more famous uh, musicians out there. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he's he's done a lot of things, especially with like uh, Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, from what I've seen. Yeah. Um. I'm... But yeah, no, he's every bit as much the composer as someone like you know uh, Michael Giacchino. Or um, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head who did the Amazing Spider Man scores. But Hans Zimmer is also a very good yes. Uh, yes. artist as well. He doesn't really do these kind of movies, um, but yeah, uh, except for Batman. But yeah, Danny Elfman's wonderful. Um, all of that music is just really really good. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. He had done Flubber. He had done uh, Casper at this point. Tales from the Crypt. Batman the Animated Series. Uh, he did stuff for Mystery Science Theater 3000, for the people that know what that is. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas was at that point. The Batman movies, uh, Army of Darkness, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, he just had done so many things by this point. Ghostbusters. Like, he was he really wrote, well Like, we know wrote, him for a lot of things post that, but yeah. even before that, like, that was the yeah. big, big deal for them to get him. Yeah, he's also done like Edward Scissorhands, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, well, the yeah, newer Alice in Wonderland. Like, so yeah, yeah, but stuff like post two thousand two. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah he's gone on like, to do those things, so that speaks to right. his talent. So he wrote uh, Floop's song in Spy Kids. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm still going through some of my notes. Uh, we said it, and I, I'm just going to double down on it. It is the most accurate Spidey origin story that we've seen in the mainstream. 
save for the natural webbing thing. That still weirds me out a little bit. But again, that's the style of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like they wouldn't, which works because if they were to do that, then he creates his like, you know, shooters. Like for me, that would just, it wouldn't fit because they never really dived into the Mm -hmm. mechanical making things scientifically. Like, does he have that ability? We know he does. He's Peter Parker, but they never really dove into that very well. Um, except for like a few spots when he talked to Green Goblin about nanotechnology and stuff. But beyond that, like you just never got that feel of him wanting to create these scientific things and in, in his workshop making these things. You know, I feel like Spider-Man's very much, um, at least recently, we've seen that kind of side to him. Yeah. But in this movie, it's just his his version of Spider-Man was just very more raw, grounded, physical, yeah. you know, no, not... Very physical. The fact... This is like the one iteration of cinematic Spider-Man because Andrew Garfield's did not go into this and Tom Holland's did not go into this. The It's like they went into extreme detail noting that all the changes that are happening in his body are physical. They went into detail with the... Um, yeah. hooks on his hands yeah. um they went into detail that you know the web shooting is actually coming out of his actual wrists yeah. um and so all of these things that they made it very very physical something that you could observe show you and not so much tell you it's like oh i have like this thing i have this scientific jargon thingy and then yeah. you have him going into it again like brad's like going into his workshop and, mm-hmm. uh, and- making toys and stuff like that gadgets and that's my next comment I have written is watching him discover his powers and train with his powers is unique. We don't get that with Holland. We kind of get it with Andrew Garfield. But again, Garfield, you're right, was more tech oriented and like brainiac more than just this nerdy, geeky kid that's like, whoa, like I can do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that aspect of it into taking us of like this what must have been confusing for him, like this whole thing. It wasn't just, oh, I've always meant to like be smart and now i've got the powers to go with it no it was like whoa like what do i do now um in addition i'm just going through all my stuff uh this is probably my favorite version of aunt may because it is the most comic accurate Mm -hmm. um in terms of age in terms of oh dear that dear spider-man fella like i just i love it i do it's campy (laughs) but i love it i really do um the old technology from the 2000s though it does kill me. It kills me a little bit. Cause I'm like, half of this could have been resolved with, yo, dude, are you Spider-Man? I am. Let's talk about it. Like or you know, like, like Norman Osborne throwing um his doctor through that freaking you know entire laboratory and there was no camera, you know, like why did everyone formula? Oh, it was him. He did it. Like <laughs> you know, like how yeah. was that? Possible. Yeah. Um, oh. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I I have a lot of early notes too. Like, um, like Peter Parker. I feel so bad for him. Like, how is he the loser in all of this? We see a fat kid chomping on donuts. We see so many nerds out there. Like, what did what did he do to anybody? Like, is he is he a jerk? Like, people just hate him. Like, yeah. he's a nerd. He's a little bit of a loser. I mean, but exactly. And I feel like. This is this is where it becomes very, very hard for me to look at just this movie by itself and not compare to Tom Holland or to Andrew Garfield. Because I look at those ones and I go, it's not so much that they were pitiful characters, Garfield and Holland. It's just that they weren't necessarily the most popular or they felt like they were invisible, which is I, I much disagree. different than everyone hating you. <laughs> yeah. I disagree. I, this is my only complaint with Holland and Garfield. They're too cool. Like e- even Holland can do the nerdy, but Holland is still a little too cool. I don't, I, I think they pretty, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I just, not sure about that though. I'm I, not sure. I like that. I like that McGuire is a bit of a loser and everybody hates him. Because it's but, the perfect foil to everybody kind of loving Spider-Man. And, like, Spider-Man's this cool yeah, guy. I mean, like, yeah. obviously New Yorkers don't like him. Thanks, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Spider-Man and Peter are supposed to be foils of each other. Like, when he puts True. on that, like, whole uniform, he's supposed to be someone else. And for Garfield to be cool as Peter and Spider-Man doesn't do it for me. For Holland to be weird as both doesn't do it for me. 
Like, I still love the fact that this was the perfect foil of Maguire and Spidey. And, like, fighting through that whole, like, identity crisis. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I feel like going in through the course of Tobey Maguire's, I, I feel like I almost felt too sorry for Peter Parker. Which it's like, point. I, I felt like it diminished his relatability almost because I, it's like, you know, I feel like a lot of kids would look at Peter Parker, at least this version of Peter Parker and be like, oh, well, at least, you know, I'm not that pitiful. I'm not well, that okay. much of a loser. But, but I'm not about, hated that much. I'm again, just kind of invisible, which I think is what it, Garfield and Holland did really well. You're looking at it in the terms of 2022. In 2002, this was probably really relatable with the nobody likes me, like the kind of scene kid face. This would have been more relatable then than it would be now. So, yeah, Holland and Garfield are more tailored to us now, but this was perfect for what it was. Like you needed somebody that nobody expected anything of him. Nobody wanted anything from him. And then he becomes this incredibly giving superhero. And something that I did want to talk about that I, I caught it this time when I watched through it. Um, we all know the great power, great responsibility line. Great. Yes, that's been done for so many years. Why don't we talk about restraint? And I've noticed that restraint is like this big theme throughout the whole thing. We watch Goblin and we watch Peter, or sorry, Spidey, appear at the same time. And they both have different ideas of what their restraint should be with their power. And Norman goes through this whole thing of losing his restraint and giving over to Goblin. Because we've seen he can control it more than he lets on. And Peter using restraint and saying, yeah, I'm really powerful, but... I have to maintain like responsibility with it, like for people. So that, that plays into restraint. And the more that I watched it, I kept finding more like, Oh, that's where he failed. That's where he succeeded. Restraint, 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 because what makes goblin different from Spidey is their morals and how they choose to deal with people. Um, and that'll be in the future. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, by the way, can we talk about like the absolute medical nightmare of getting a bad spider bite and he decides to walk it off and just I'll sleep it off. I'm good. Yeah, I love the way they they did that though. Like even down to the like the bite itself. Like that was really cool. Um yes. I thought even like the CGI was pretty well done. Skinny yeah. Toby McGuire. Like I don't think that was terrible. The whole dream sweating thing, like I just thought yeah. that was all really well played, well done. Um yeah. Like, like what you said, Luke, with the things coming out of his fingers. And that mm -hmm. whole, that, that scene, I love that scene because the music matches up so perfectly to him crawling. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Like, that's so good. Um, and that scene is like what every kid wanted to do. Like, yeah. when you're on the side of the pool, when you're next to, at least if you're like me, when you're next to a wall, you just literally want to do that exact scene. And again, yeah. this comes back to the iconic moments because it was the first. It was the first Spider-Man, you know? Like, it's hard mm -hmm. to beat some of these moments. Um, the the Uncle Ben speech to Peter Parker, sad and rough. Like, those are his last moments with him before he, before he dies and such a tough conversation. But that's kind of what just pulls Spider-Man through his entire trilogy is that conversation. And it's so well done. Um yeah, I, um, if there's one word for this movie, for me, it would just be, like, iconic, I think. Yeah, yeah. It is definitely iconic. Um, can we definitely talk about how Goblin's transformation is just perfection? Mm -hmm. Can we talk I, about how good Willem Dafoe is yeah, yes, as this yes. character? Uh, he did 90% of his own stunts throughout the whole trilogy. So, And he did it again wow. in the future movie that everybody knows he's in at this point. Um, back the formula. I love that. Just yeah. Um, can we he looks like a goblin. So, huh? He looks like a goblin. Like he does. He's so perfectly cast. I'm just in but, awe of his facial expressions. Yeah. Yes. The look that he could get in his eyes. That wild look that just terrified you. Me personally, as I look at him as an actor and look at him with that face, I personally would love to see him in the future maybe like as a very old joker kind of thing yeah. because i think he could pull off that role actually pretty mm -hmm. well 
Yeah. Um, but no, I loved him in this movie. Yeah. That he, he, incredible actor doing an incredible role. Um, can we talk about how no glasses Peter was a weird choice? Because even in like the original like stuff, he would still wear it when he was Peter yeah. just to make people think like, oh, I'm not like radically different now. Meanwhile, swole Peter comes into like school like with no glasses or anything, <laughs> punches Flash in the fight like. Um, oh. Well, I mean, I to defend him, if you were a teenager who all of a sudden was feeling his oats a little bit because he's got now superpowers, yeah, you're not going to walk into school with the exact same well, disposition okay. that you did before you had powers. He didn't know he had powers yet. He didn't know what was happening to him. He was just like, I'm going to roll in and look cool. Like, he was still awkward, Peter. Uh, which reminds me, guys, the tray scene. Does everybody remember the tray scene? I do. Yeah. Um, um, it's that tray scene. Died. Yeah, they, it took them, what, like 90 to 100 takes to do that More. correctly? More, I yeah. looked it up. 156 yeah. takes. Yeah, I, I, I remember I remember hearing about that. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's why Tobey Maguire is probably pissed off and why people didn't like him because he had to do that 150 times. So... Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very um, well done, can we yeah. can we talk about you you talked about like everything about Peter? Like I love watching like when he was turning into Spidey, like the DNA like deconstructing and like yeah, yeah. rebuilding. That's cool. Another cool thing that Sam Raimi was like, let's just like really dive into what it's like to be Spider-Man. The scene showing, and I remember this, and I can always remember this, and I'll tell you in the exact order. Go back and watch it. I'm correct. The paper plane, the fly. The spitball and then the fist, and he's just yeah. like sensing all of it at the same time. Like, yeah, I love wow. the that's that's such an, yeah. an awesome scene mm -hmm. of showing us here's what he experiences. So then later, when he gets his butt kicked, you know, like he's just getting slammed, like he just yeah. does not know it's coming. Um, I Kyle, do you have anything else? I'm gonna jump to him, like testing his powers out. Yeah, um, I just like the horror element is very evident from Sam Raimi. He, he is more yeah. of a horror guy. Um, I mean, Doctor Strange Two, Multiverse of Madness, incredible trailer by the way. Um, yeah. you, you I'm know, excited for that. You're gonna see horror elements in that, but it, it, they're so clear here from the um, Green Goblin in the fire with a blanket around him, the hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> and then like yeah. like that when that happens. Um, the, the spider web at the beginning, like it's just the music, the, the, the movie itself is kind of like very simple. And then boom, like a spider web, like even that's so simple, but it's, it's scary. The score of it, yeah. you know, you just kind of understand when the, um, horror elements are, are coming when they're evident. Um, obviously when he becomes the goblin, like when he breaks out of that and the, and it starts beeping, then he wakes up back, like he's back to form, you know, throws them out. Um, they're just very, um, the horror element comes through and again, it works. Um, you know, I, I really don't like comparing them to the other Spider-Man movies, so I'll try mm -hmm. not to, but again, it, it just, it just fits in the overall style of this movie, those horror elements. It doesn't take you out. You're not just like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're like, oh yeah, that's, that's natural. Like on. Yeah. jump scare by Green Goblin. That. Freaks me yeah. out, but like yeah. that's natural. Like that, that would happen. So, um, can we can we talk about uh, up up and away web? And yeah. like, <laughs> that's funny. Ah, uh, yes, um, Marvel stealing from DC as per usual. <laughs> oh gosh, Marvel is massively better in their media in every way. Well, uh, okay, yes, but way. you have to agree that they stole a bunch of things from DC. No, I don't. Um, anyways, Captain Marvel. Uh, no, this is a Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man Spider review. This is for another episode. <laughs> we still have a lot to get through. Um, I did have to laugh that in the early 2000s, of course, the rock symbol is what sparked the Spider-Man. Like, you just flip it. Like, I love that he went from this to that, and I'm like, I hate that, yeah. but I love it. Um, obviously, we talked about with great power comes great responsibility. That whole speech. Um, I have to talk about it because I love it. I think you do too. Bone saw. 
AKA is ready. Macho yeah. Man Randy Savage. I just wrote it. You're going nowhere. Yeah. I've got you for three minutes. Three <laughs> minutes of playtime. That's a nice outfit. Did your husband get it for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Can we can we do a spoiler for what we'll talk about? Which would have should have been Spider-Man 4. I know we'll talk about it in our future stuff. I forgot Bruce Mysterio Campbell. was the announcer. Yeah, he they were gonna have him as Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Campbell. I forgot till I saw him and I was like, oh yeah. Yep. Interesting. Um interesting. Listen, Ben's death hurts me. Seeing that hurts me. Two things also hurt me in a different way. Toby crying going. And, yeah, he, he's and, not the greatest crier. Andrew Garfield, credible crier. Oh my word. McGuire, not a good crier. No, 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 no. Um, Andrew Garfield can cry really well too. Yeah, very well. The the other thing that killed me about Uncle Ben's death, Peter. 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 I was like, oh god. Peter. Say something Peter. worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> Say okay. something memorable. Now, Say now, something. That now that we're caught up, the first lesson of restraint for Spider-Man, and this is where he learns restraint in this, he failed in going after the murderer. He didn't kill him, but he didn't, he could have saved him too. Like he let him fall, he let him die. And I was like, you lost your first level of restraint. And it'll come back in future movies that he'll remember, like, ah oh, man, like I, I can't be like that. Like I have to always find a better way to end things other than like, you know, killing him. And this was the first lesson of restraint for Peter where he failed, and he's gonna remember it forever. Like Kyle said, stuff that sets up in this movie pulls Peter through all three films and like really defines his character. And this is one of those moments. And I, I had to go back and look at it. I forgot he tripped over the pipe backwards. So I was like, did Peter push him? But it looks like Peter pushed him. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Like you could have gone, saved him. That would have been it. And you could have said, hey, I don't like you. Web him up, leave him. Cops got him. It's over. But he didn't. And that was the first restraint level of these are my new powers and how I should be responsible with them. And he failed. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about I, the acting in this movie. Um, yeah. Just how they all did. Um, I would say that most of it's, again, very, very well done. Like you said, Aunt May's perfect, straight out of the comic. She's fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. Tim McGuire gives a good performance, um, again, in that kind of sad, in a way, terrible crier, but also of a hero-type vibe. Willem Dafoe, obviously amazing. Like, yes. nothing wrong about him. But I would say MJ and Harry, to me, um, like... I just think they could have been better. Like MJ, for what it's worth, fits. Um, she's the girl that always needs, you know, saving. Um, she's the most comic accurate MJ that all any of the movies have given us thus far. For sure. That's I not would just saying a lot no. because for Andrew Garfield, it wasn't MJ. It was Gwen yeah, Stacy. And then for Tom Holland, it's MJ, but it's not Mary Jane. Yes. Yeah. No. And like for me, um, it's just it, the MJ and Peter thing to me. Like I don't really know what's happening in this movie between them. It's just very awkward and like, oh, you're taller than you look. What the f does that mean? You're taller than you look. Like, <laughs> she, she laments him not being a third wheel. Right. And, like and with Harry, because she's like, wish you could come. Yeah. And like. <laughs> Why you're yeah, going yeah. with Harry? It's just like she always needs saving the, the I mean, awkward tension that's there. Yeah. Um, and she had to lie to him too, and I'm like, you love her, and she's yeah. like, I'm a I'm a movie star now. Mary Jane Watson, if your drawer is short again, and he she's just sitting there like, <laughs> can we talk about the fact that she kisses Spider Man the whole upside down kiss thing while she's in a relationship with Harry? Yeah, it should, yeah, but Harry, okay, Harry, like, really manipulated. Harry's kind of a douchebag. Like, yes, and he manipulated her into yeah. like, saying things that that Toby wanted to say to her but could never do it. Yeah. Sorry, Peter, and yeah. use that to get with her yeah. when really it should have been Peter. So I don't care. He deserved it. Yeah, um, and, and Harry just, the whole Thanksgiving scene, too, um, 
<laughs> Shut your mouth about things you don't understand. Like, yeah, I'm like, um, uh, like, you know, your dad's kind of a weirdo and MJ's pretty hot, but like, that's all she kind of is in this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, there she is. Like, Kirsten Dunst is fine, but they don't really give her much in this movie. No, I'll tell um, you what Kirsten Dunst is in this movie. Crap. 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 <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. Perfect character. Act. Yeah. Just there's no one that could do better than him in, in that role. Like perfect casting choice. Um J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. 100%. Yes. None yeah. better. Um, and also Harry to me, like Harry was fine. Like I love when he beat up the school bully, which is Flash Thompson, and Harry's like <laughs> Amazing, like that's what you want as a best friend, but then yeah. he goes and gets MJ, so like that's kind of weird. Um, and he's Honestly, just kind of annoying it's, to me. It's your best friend, it's like whatever happened to bros before hoes? <laughs> I don't know, like that movie it did not exist. Um, it's just to me, no one else can play MJ in that movie. I just think that's like what she was. Yeah. Um, I feel like they really could have probably pick someone better than James Franco if I'm being completely honest like I don't think he was an entire trilogy I don't I don't I don't love him at all you know I don't think he really gives any kind of worthy performance except maybe in a little bit in the third one but yeah a little bit because because he's a perfect foil at that point yeah like that's the only reason why he's so good in three and I'm like but one and two it's like why are you here? You're just yeah. here, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Do you do you want to keep going through the movie notes? Um, um. I think we stopped like right before the World Fair. I I hate the uh, the bomb and they all turn to skeletons. Uh, yeah, like- but then he throws a <laughs> then he throws a bomb in Peter's face Peter. later, uh, and yeah. Peter's fine. Is that a different kind of bomb? I don't know. Uh, weird. <laughs> I've got level one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, here's here's another one of those restraint times for you. Um, so Peter is there as a civilian. He sees MJ is in trouble. However, he goes to save the dumb kid that's just staring as the thing's falling. He saves the civilians first. He pulls the people back mm-hmm. as the stuff is crumbling. He had restraint. He could have let a lot of people die and go save MJ. He could have done that. But he showed restraint. He showed high morality, great responsibility, did all that yes. stuff first. Now we can go to Norman's side and say, this dude lost restraint as soon as they're like, we're cutting you from the board. We're selling Oscorp. And he was like, I am Oscorp. Like, you know that he lost his restraint. There. <laughs> oh, am I? <laughs> oh, am I? Yeah. Uh, I would say him killing the board would be him losing restraint. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I, I would think so. Yeah. Um, but I just started seeing it in a new way. And I love this about movies. You're probably going to hear this from us a lot. Like the more you watch something, the more you're like, Oh, I never really thought about it in X, Y, or Z way. And now it changes how I'm going to watch it. Like moving forward. Um, I have to say it. It's going to be sad. Stan Lee's cameo is at the world fair. Um, uh, (laughs) um, I'm going to skip a little bit more. Wait, who are you? You know who I am. I do. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm like, dude, you could have just been like (laughs) the guy that's been wanting to like since we were like young. (laughs) No, no. Thing though, like, no. I love that about this Spider-Man. As he was like, yeah, I I want to like love you, know you as Peter Parker, you know. And then Andrew Garfield in the first like 30 minutes is like. Here's my spider web, Gwen Stacy. I'm Spider-Man. I'm in, you know? Um, yeah. And the difference but, between... Okay, okay, in Andrew Garfield's defense, though, in that one, you already could tell that Gwen and Peter were attracted to each other yeah, before sure. she even knew he was Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. The only reason MJ gets with Spider-Man in here is because oh, he got powers. Yeah, yeah for well, sure. No, it's shallow. It's shallow. No. She got with him with Peter because of the. We'll, we'll get there. Hang on. Um, uh, the infamous mirror scene between Norman and Goblin. Like Kyle said, iconic. You want to talk about stuff that lives in my brain? Like Goblin is talking, and then we see the mirror, and you see both of them. 
at the same time. Brainford. <laughs> like like you said, the whole horror aspect, like that's yeah. terrifying. Like, oh, it's in him. Got it. Um, the one time that I will ever redeem J. Jonah Jameson ever, Goblin comes in, he's like, Who takes the pictures for Spider-Man? And James is like, I don't know. They just get sent in. I'm like, bro, yeah. like, you could have outed him and been done. And like, he didn't. Like, anybody else feel like that was a weird change of pace for J. Jonah Jameson there? A little bit. But also, let's remember that he his the big, huge, fat, hairy sales increase that he's had with his paper is thanks to Peter Parker's pictures. Yep. So... I understand at some point self-preservation does kick in, but the fact that he only asks once, I think he's a bit too much of a profit-minded capitalist to be like, I know. Oh yeah, there's our main source of income over there. I don't, get that. I don't get that though, because Goblin had him by the throat. This is not a hey, I just want to have a chat with you. This is a hey, I'll kill you if you don't give me the right answer. Yeah. And he protected him. Like that's the only time I'll ever give JJJ mm-hmm. his due credit. Yeah, no, um, I, I do agree with you. I think, you know, the, I think both were kind of in play a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, one of my favorite lines, sleep. <laughs> uh, the, the Norman and uh, Peter relationship um, are just like both of them. To me, yeah. Peter never really wanted the power of Spider-Man. He never asked for it. I feel like Norman, if he would have given the chance, he would have taken it. Yeah, I mean he did. Like, but I think on part of him just really wanted to be powerful, you know. And, and that's the difference between Spider-Man and his villains is like, I feel like he never really asked for it. It's a, like he said at the end of the movie, I believe. Like, it's my blessing. It's yeah, my, my curse. curse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really yeah. is. Um, because he can never really get what he wants. Um. And that's that's Spider Man, like to me, anyways. Like he yeah. he's very selfless, you know. And it shows up that, a little bit in this movie, um, but I think it shows up more in the second one, probably. The biggest Spidey moment, like that, defines Spidey for me is is that same Norman and Peter thing, but it's the roof scene, deciding like what kind of man do you want to be? How do you want to use your powers? And mm-hmm. I know you've probably have this seared in your brain. I do. Uh, the one thing they love more than a hero is to see a hero fa- fail, fall, die trying. In spite of everything yeah. you've done, eventually they will hate you. And I'm like, I hate it because he's right. And I hate that he's right. Because they do. Like, by the second one, they freaking hate him. Like, and it's it's like, he has a point, but you know it's the twisted, like, right side kind of a point. Like the this is the struggle between responsibility and and irresponsibility, and this is the great time of with great power comes great responsibility. Goblin had a point. We could rule the whole city. Who could, who's going to stop yeah. us? And but that's what you could argue truly makes a, a villain great is when there comes just enough truth comes out of their mouth, and then they twist it. That feel like that's what makes a, mm-hmm. a villain often so powerful as a character. Like for example, Thanos. Thanos was absolutely right. You know, our we have limited resources. There's going to be poverty and starvation everywhere. Yep. It's like he was right about that. Solution: Let's kill half of everybody. It's like no. So I think that's the. I think that's a main core aspect of creating a quality villain is there has to be some element of truth present in their psyche, or else it's not as powerful. Yeah. Let's talk about like what we didn't like in this movie before we kind of wrap it up and give it a give it a score. Um, um, some of the campy stuff, I think some of it was, um, like some of it was just too far. Like the New Yorkers attacking Goblin, like really, like he's gonna <laughs> stop killing Spider Man. You messed with all of us. You messed with all of us. <laughs> or the better one, I have something for you. And throw stuff yeah. at him. That was great. I was like, "Yay!" Um, uh, I think the only other thing that I didn't like was um, Goblin is done after this movie. Yeah, 
Your best villain. No, he's not. <laughs> Spoilers. He comes back. <laughs> not really. Uh, I also like the upside down kiss scene is so campy for me. Like, yeah. Well, why? Comic book accurate. Yeah, but why? There, there was no like what Kyle said. There was no, no anything for that to have happened other than you said my lap. I'm going to Mac on you now. Like she only liked him because he was Spider Man at that point. No, like, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, I would just say like Peter's very creepy in this movie. If you watch it back, he is kind of a stalker. Um, like following MJ, talking to himself about MJ. While MJ's like He's getting just, dressed, kind of staring at her through the window. Like my question is, when I saw that, does he look at her when she gets out of the shower and is like butt naked, like you know, naked? Like because that would happen. He stares at her, you know, like that's creepy. Um, and just always talking under his breath about her, and like it's just even his inspiration for his Spidey suit, like in in the beginning of the movie when all those things flash, you know, the symbol, the spider a car but like mary jane shows up very early in that as like a kind of like a reddish inspiration because she's a redhead so like um it's a little kind of creepy and again the conversations between those two to me i'm just kind of like let's get this over with and get more norman let's get this over with and get more spider-man versus norman I'm yes, not as big of a fan uh, of like the human interactions other than like Peter and Norman or Peter and Aunt May, you know, or G. Jonah Jameson, but the like, Harry MJ stuff. Uh, and then at the very end, you have it where it's like, he's finally got it. It's like, she finally is like, I'm in love with you. And it's like, okay, okay hooray. Forget the, how we got to this point. We're actually now here. And he's like, no, I like you as a friend. I'm like, yeah, I. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, and, and even better, I guess the other thing I don't like is it feels like their love story kind of derails the whole movie. Like, yeah. just focus on Peter becoming Spider-Man. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not interesting. I guess it was in the 2000s, but it's tough to go back and watch that. It's like, hey, yeah, like just stop. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not Padme and Anakin, but it's still... Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's all the stuff I hate. Um, I do hate the forcing you to pick a woman you love like choice on the bridge. You save both. And like what Luke said, to get to the end and then be like... Yeah, sorry, girl. It ain't for you. Like, like wasn't that the yeah. whole point, man? Like, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, it's um, like, huh. um, I do you care if I run through like the last couple things in the movie just so if people aren't gonna watch the movie, they know like an idea? You yeah, go for um, it. The fire scene with the winged blade thingies Very is good. horrifying. You're like, oh, he's gonna get decapitated. <laughs> like he just like is like hey i gave you a chance you're so predictable die <laughs> um yeah very again very horror movie uh the whole thanksgiving madness like we already talked about that and like norman re- realizing you know peter is spider-man the blood scene thing is so cool yeah like the fact that he can sense that much too and i'm like eh, that's terrifying um had to beat an old lady with a stick for this cranberry sauce. Yeah, that, that, that was funny. Um, Goblin caps MJ. Kidnaps MJ. That was kind of the biggest part. And I love, can Spider-Man come out to play? Like, just, yeah, really. Or um, finish it and deliver us from evil. Yeah. Uh, the fight scene. This is what I loved about the amazing Spider-Man and about the first Spider-Man movie. I didn't know if Spidey was going to win that fight. Like, Goblin at first is just beating the ever-loving crap out of him. Yeah. Throwing him through a wall. As soon as he gets up, bomb explodes in his face. As soon as he recovers from that, Norman is down there going, boom, and just punching him. And I I laughed at it because it's kind of funny. Like, the spit takes, you can tell they told him to put water in his mouth. So when he gets it, he can go, and that's what they do. It's like a slow-mo of him, like, 
and then comes back and just gets absolutely monsterized by Goblin. And then mm-hmm. uh, the restraint thing that I talked about again, uh, dropping a wall on Gobby. Yeah, I'd probably kill him if he wasn't like super strong, which you yeah. didn't really know. Um, uh, here's the one thing I really enjoyed. Speaking of something else I enjoyed, Goblin used Norman as bait. Did did we get that? Like as a kid, I didn't get that. But yeah, when I was no. older, I got it. Like because he's like, oh, stop, Peter, it's me, and starts talking. Yeah. It wasn't Norman the whole time. It was Goblin. I'm like, yeah. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that. Uh, Godspeed, Spider Man. Uh, him sensing the glider was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that he couldn't say, I'm sorry, Peter. Like, I know who you are, anything. Don't tell Harry. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what, what do you mean, don't tell Harry? Like, Norman created that whole crap between Harry mm-hmm. and and Spider-Man because he couldn't just say, I goofed up as a father. Tell my son. Cool. All right. Um, <laughs> um, I call <laughs> Iconic line. You don't trust anyone. That's your problem. I trust my barber. <laughs> um, I, I had to write it because it's so, this is the campiest line of the whole thing with great power comes great responsibility this is my gift my curse who am i i'm spider-man like (laughs) when they did the i'm iron man thing and like iron man was like stop doing this are we gonna do this at the end of every like film i'm captain america yeah we know you're steve rogers congratulations (laughs) what are they gonna say at the end of guardians i'm star lord like just stop stop doing this this like because i hate it (laughs) I I don't mind it so much because, you know, part of, you know, superhero flicks is the campiness, I do believe. Like, for example, let's like, you know, Thanos, I am inevitable and I am Iron Man. I mean, yes, it could be considered campy, but it's also the scenes that we cheer really loud for. And so so I think the key is, you want to use it at the right times. And I'm not going to make a call whether or not at the end of that movie was the right time. Um, but, you know, the, I, I do believe there can be a place for it. I would say in in this one, another negative thing I have is just um, Peter Parker is just, even after he gets his powers, Tobey Maguire's kind of... He's not always sad, but he's just kind of like lame a lot a lot of times. Like he's just very like I'll do it right now and talking like this and he's quiet and he's not sure of himself. Like he's pitiful at times. We we can talk about the other Spider-Man when we get to the other Spider-Man movies, but for me, like um even though I think he's he could be the best Peter Parker. Um, it's just like to me, he wasn't as cool as like I think he could have been at times. Um, I feel like even in the Spidey suit, sometimes he was just kind of like, like meh, like he could have been better. Um, he was a better Peter than a Spider Man. Yeah, so I can agree with that. I also, I, I also do agree with Kyle on the point where. Sometimes I do believe his Peter came off as almost too pitiful, as almost too poor me, as just, you know, basically Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker is what all these, you know, other teenage people that we're relating to, that, who are relating to him, are see, they're seeing that as themselves. Whereas I think Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland are what, you know, their typical teenage kid actually is. And so when we're looking at someone else, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland are more believable because it's like, okay, well, I'm not that pitiful. I'm not that far off. I'm not that sad, depressed, that many people hate me, that kind of thing. 
We might feel like it in the moment, but when we look at see a third party going through the same thing, we're like, eh, is that realistic? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, why don't we wrap it up and smack a score on it, and then? Yep. Kyle, give me your score. I'm gonna do big. Um, yeah, mine's gonna be the ruby slippers, um, and that uh, I'm gonna give it a. Solid seven point three, I think. Um, yeah. I do own it. Um, I very much like this movie. I'd definitely watch it again. If it was on TV, I'd watch it again. Um, overall, again, this is an iconic, iconic movie to me. Uh, I wouldn't say it like means everything to me deep in my soul. Um, I say it's very quotable as well. Um, a lot of really good moments in this movie again started a whole whole thing um but just to me like why it wasn't higher i would say is just because there's many moments in this movie that like i want to skip through and i like you know not because it's like horrible it's just like i don't really care um and, and i feel like you know for it to be higher i feel like most of the movie or nearly every part of the movie, like you want to just hold on to it and stay in this scene and, and, you know, like live in this moment. And there's many moments in this movie where you're just like, nah, I just want to, I want to skip through this. So, uh, I'd give it a 7.3. Okay. Luke, what do you got? Uh, I got it at a straight seven. Um, I, I do like this movie. There are parts of it that I wish, um, were a little bit different, Primarily uh, the Peter and MJ scenes a little bit. Um, but overall, it is an extremely good start to what could ostensibly call, be called the superhero genre. And, you know, if you really if you really stretch it, the uh, Mar- really great start to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but no, I think they did a um, I think it, it's a great movie. Right, so yours would also be the ruby slippers. So yeah, so watch just it, so that our audience it. knows, um, we have several levels based on uh, famous props from movies. Um, Brad, you want to explain those levels real quick? Sure, I can do exactly that. Let me take this for a sec. Um, so we have from uh, top to bottom our number ten favorite movie, one of my favorites, hands down, drop on my list. That's our golden ticket. Um, that has to be a perfect 10 to attain that. Uh, so we may not see that super often. Uh, the 9 to 10 range on my front row shelf will tell others to watch it. Could watch it multiple times in a row. That is the lightsaber. Um, it, it's pretty cool up there. It's it's the cool thing. Uh, see how it comes out. Um, our 8 to 9 range, love it, own it, should own it, is the DeLorean. Um our six to eight range, I'd have it on my shelf and I'd watch it again as the Ruby Slippers. Um, four to six, it was okay, but I wouldn't own it, is the Mockingjay pen. Um, two to four is, has a few redeeming qualities, but it just isn't something I'd ever watch again. That's the Burn Book. Um, and zero to two is, shouldn't have been made, someone needs to get fired. And that is the giant pile of crap from Jurassic Park. Uh, so. <laughs> We have unique scoring and names for things. Uh, they could change in the future should we come up with something that's more clever. I think the only two we're sold on is the golden ticket and the giant pile of crap from Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, that being said, I had to think about this for a minute. I, I Nostalgia, I would have put it higher. But thinking about it heavier and heavier before I put my score up, um, I have to give it the DeLorean. Um, and I only have it higher up because I just really like it. I love Spider-Man, but it's not the Spider-Man movie. I, I think if Goblin had stuck around and it, Kyle's right, if Peter had been less creepy, I might've been more on board. Um, so I'm going to give it an 8.4. Um, that's still pretty high, but like, it's not in like in game territory. I think everyone would put in game at 10. You'd be hard pressed not to. Um, but it, it's not, but it's, it's a, like Luke said, it's a great start, but I have it higher just because I love, I love Green Goblin. I love Willem Dafoe in this. 
Um, I love just the comic accurate everything. Um, the fact that it has Randy Savage in it. Like, there's just like weird, quirky things <laughs> in this movie that make me love it more than I should. Um, but I'll give it a solid 8.4. It, it can stick around. I don't hate it. Um, but yeah, guys, that is our first episode of Smashed Popcorn. Um, give it a like, give it a share, tell us all about it, and uh, we'd be happy to bring you more movies. Bye, guys. Later. See you guys. <laughs>